rolling alley and things ain't what they used to be. There's Ted's with drain pipe trousers and Debs in coffee houses and things ain't what they used to be. There used to be trends, not very quick. Right, then we move to uh, an album that I really like, which is Heathen Chemistry, 2002's Heathen Chemistry. And I have a, an odd relationship with Heathen Chemistry. I was, I'd given up a fairly successful career working as a sales and marketing board for a big, big company. I, I was working for L'Oreal um, at this point in time. Oh, wow. Were you worth it? Um, I think L'Oreal would probably say no. <laughs> And I think with hindsight, I would have to agree with them. Um, and so I'd given that up, this quite kind of sexy, well-paid job, mm. and was I decided I was going to go back to university to, to train as a, a, a teacher. And um, I had a part-time job working in Topman on Princess Street in Edinburgh. And in there, at that point, they had these sort of video screens, and videos would get sent through with, um, music on them, you know, and they would play the video and there'd be maybe a sort of 12, 14 songs on it and they would just kind of play on a loop and this particular video tape had a Beyonce's Crazy in Love on it and whenever that came on, all the boys who worked on Top Man just stopped Ladies and gentlemen are you ready to be entertained? We just stopped and watched Beyonce doing what Beyonce does. Immediately after Crazy in Love, uh, the Hindu Times would come on. Mm. And I just, you know, I would hear it six, seven times a day. And I fell in love with that that song. I just love it. But I couldn't pick it for this, obviously, because it was a single. Um, so instead, I've ended up um, going for uh, Hung in a Bad Place. There's another strike. That's oh, yeah, that's good. We're, we're, we're on common ground again. Great. Oh, yeah. I love that song. It's I great, it. right? It's, yeah, yeah. It's, got a real, it's got a real feel of definitely maybe era for me about it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's kind of, you know, it's big wall of sound, sneering vocal. Yeah, that's um, that's a little remnant from Gem's time in uh, heavy stereo, I think. There's a bit of glam, a bit of pub rock in there, but it's like turned up to 11 and and even more, that's a real stadium-filling, riffage-filled, full-on stomper. I love it. Oh, great! And, oh, and really Liam, Liam, Liam does a great, great job with the vocals as well. Oh, it's fantastic. He's, I don't he's... know. Have you ever seen it done live? I've, I've seen it on. Um, there's a YouTube video of them doing it on French TV live. I think I've never seen them do it actually in a concert. 
but they have done it live on that um, TV show, and that, that's one of the best performances I've seen from that era, especially on TV. I mean, I went, I've seen them in concert at that time, but that they really got it spot on at that point. A really tight little TV gig, and uh, yeah. And then I picked a, a B side uh, from the Hindu Times, which was Idler's Dream. Skips his beat when I behold the light that's shining through your eyes of gold. From um, and I don't know. I mean, uh, what what I've written about Noel is that. And this is a cheap shot, right? Because he's, I don't think even he would claim that he's a great lyricist, right? That's not his thing. His thing is melody and hooks mm. and the ability to connect with people. Um, you know, he's no Dylan, he's no Patti Smith, he's no Paul Weller. And I only include Weller for his very, very best moments. He's no Morrissey, same caveat there. But what, what he's able to say and convey through the, the tone of his voice or through the melodies he writes, you know, is just as heartbreaking and just as beautiful and just as intense as some of these kind of uh, more poetic lyricists. And I think Idler's Dream is a good example of that. It's a really beautiful, delicate little song. I, I, I've you know, used one word at the end of my little write-up in it, and that is just lovely. Mm. Yeah, I think there's a lot of similarities between that and uh, what's the one he's got, Dead in the Water, the one from the, um, yeah. the last album solo album which is kind of tagged on the end doesn't really fit with the rest of the album but would probably have fitted quite well in that era of oasis and it has that same kind of feel to it as well and uh yeah i like those kind of songs i don't listen to them enough i don't think that they're i don't pass them off as being too lightweight it's just that you know they never kind of rotate for me i should make more of an effort well, you know, what's been interesting for me today, I finished off the two articles on the on the top 20 songs today and I made a little playlist on Spotify of it. And when you go through it, and I've now added the five singles that I allowed myself, I decided after the fact that I would add in five singles. I would allow myself just five singles from the Oasis back catalogue and I added those in and listening to it through, the the contrast between these lighter moments, these more kind of throwaway bits, the rock and roll songs, the songs of heartbreak and wonder, it, it really does make for a good listen. And I, I think whether you agreed with my choices or not, that's a playlist that you could listen to quite quite happily without ever reaching for the, the skip button. Um, so anyway, um, now that I've bigged up my own playlist. Uh, the next track I chose another B-side, uh, this time from Songbird, which, by the way, is a, a song I really, really like. Uh, and it's You've Got the Heart of a Star, which has got this mm. great line in it. Come on, my brothers and sisters, if you could see what I could see, maybe we could all get along. So simple, right? So simple. Yeah. But, but there's this kind of gently vibrating tambourine in there. There's a sort of George Harrison weeping guitar. The drums are almost whispering in the background. And then there's Noel just singing his little heart out. Someone 
listen to this, I'm reminded that for all the lad culture, for all the, you know, king monkey swagger, for all the beer, for all the coke, for all the fights, for all the stupid insults, there really is a lot of beauty in, in the music of Oasis. Yeah, I don't think there's, they're given enough credit for that, you know. I think it's, they're always people hone in on the boorishness of some yeah. of the, the the tunes and the behavior and everything like that. But this is exactly, this song is an example of when they, you know, when there's a delicacy and a lightness, but also a passion. If you combine those together, then that's creating magic in a way and that's yeah i agree that's a beautiful song i like that too right next up we've we've we're in 2005 we've reached the don't believe the truth album uh little do we know i I don't think we know at this point that really we're in the the last days right we've only got one more album a couple more years to go and i've picked uh from that album keep the dream alive Again, there's a, there's a nice line in there about this was my dream, but now my dream has flown. I'm at the crossroads waiting for a sign. My life is standing still, but I'm still alive. And I've, I've said as well about this that there's it's not a great vocal from, from Liam, I don't think. You know, it's a bit gruff. There's something a bit, you know, he's almost growling through some of the, the verses. But then he hits the, the chorus. The gravelly tone leaves his voice and he, he starts mm. hitting something slightly purer. Um, yeah. and, and this song for me made me think about Liam, made me think about that voice, you know, part Lennon for sure, part Lydon, and yet never in any question who you're listening to, you're listening to Liam Gallagher. And I said, greatest rock and roll singer of his generation? No question. No question at all for me. Mm. Uh, Of all time? And I said, I think he at least deserves to be considered in the debate, right? What do you reckon to to Liam as a singer? I, at his height, though, he was untouchable, I would say. I think there was a moment when he was the greatest, not only singer, but frontman in the world at that time. And that's like peak Oasis, 95, 96. I mean, he was getting there in 94 as well. But then when you build yeah. it up, then, yeah, there's well-publicized problems with his voice. And, uh, yeah, I have to admit, I, I was disappointed. I went to see him live on the solo tour last year and uh yeah i was very disappointed oh, yeah, really? and, and i can i can understand i can understand why you know he puts a lot of effort into it and, and i don't think he's changed the way that he sings all over these years i mean he's found ways to repair his voice but i don't think he sings properly if you know i mean he yeah. sings from from the throat or from the chest and that uh, that rips it after a while, and he and he does take care of himself a lot more now. But what we saw him, it must have been over a year now. Yeah, it was March last year for um, as you were um, album and tour, and uh, yeah, he brutalised some of the Oasis tracks that they played. And the band is not good. I don't rate that band he has that live band. For the, 
they're they're too thin and his voice was not strong enough on the night to carry it and it just yeah i have to admit we we went to the bar halfway through and that's something i thought i would never do for a liam gallagher concert oh wow that's 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 quite the indictment Um, but but saying that at the at the the height and when he was hitting it and before you know he was doing all the bad stuff to his voice and still being you know he was living the life and still sounding on top form but it it took its toll for sure but can we get to the song yeah yeah of course yeah 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 so it's keep the dream alive then yeah Yeah. i just wanted to say that i I really like this song too and i love it because of the story which i remember from it is that uh, it's an andy bell song right it's one of of andy bell's song and it's um as he's going through his divorce i think and there's these um these images of being on tour and being in soulless uh, hotel rooms and having these kind of screamed conversations or arguments with his wife on the phone and being far away and feeling disconnected. And uh, when you kind of hear about what was going on personally and then to put it into that song and then having Liam voice it, I mean, yeah, I think it would have been probably too much for Andy to have done it himself and probably wouldn't have got the power across. But I think uh, it was good. Hand it over to Liam and uh, you know, the emotion comes across even if it's not his own. So yeah, I think it's, like, it's, a, it's a beautiful song and a sad song and it's in the context of what it's about. But it's, um, yeah, it's delivered very, very well. And I love that song as well. So. Okay, so uh, then we get to Lila. Uh, and it's a B-side from Lila that I've chosen as my next track, and it's uh, Won't Let You Down. No, I won't let you down Hate to say you're surrounded by clouds Looks to me And I, th- I think mm. by this point, people are maybe beginning to question whether or not, you know, we've, we've gone past peak oasis. There's all this tension between Liam and Noel, which I guess was always there, but it was beginning really, it, you know, I, th- I think the bitterness was coming to the fore, right? Mm. Marriages and divorces, money and coke, they've all taken a toll on the band. That's certainly the argument. And then you hear this chucked away in a B-side and you realise that actually there were moments in oasis that at their weakest that were still trumping peers at their best. Yeah, and, that's a good point. You know, Won't Let You Down is a great example of that. It's short, it's simple, um, it's easily the match of Lila. And I, I think it's an, one of those th- things where, you know, if it had cropped up on the album or been released as a single, I, I, I don't think anybody would have had any complaints. No, I don't think so either. I actually like the whole package of that Lila single is really good because I love Eyeball Tickler as well. Yes. So the whole the whole package of that, I mean, Lila is a great song, Eyeball Tickler, and then, you know, yeah, it's just the package. So still in 2005, I chose A Bell Will Ring from Don't Believe the Truth, so another mm-hmm. album track. A little Yeah. 
And um, yeah, I'm trying really hard to be nice these days. I I wrote a thing on on the blog the other day about, you know, how important it was that we all maybe try and be a little bit nice and kinder to each other. And I got a couple of replies to that on the blog from people who clearly, you know, know me um, or have encountered me at some point in the past um, and realised that it's slightly hypocritical for somebody as nasty as I can be and have been to be making that plea. Um, Although I would say that making the plea would would maybe suggest that there's something, you know, you know, something redeeming inside of me. Anyway, let's not turn this into a, a, a psychiatric <laughs> session. But the, the, the point I'm making is that what I'm about to say is quite mean-spirited. Um, okay. I, and what, what I'd written here was that there are bands playing live right now who would sell their souls to Satan to have even just one song as good as a bell will ring. And then the, the slightly snidey thing that I'd said was that if you take the letters E-D-S-H-E-E-R-A-N and repeat them in front of a mirror at midnight, you summon Beelzebub himself. And I, I know that's a cheap shot, and I'm very sorry <laughs> to everybody who likes Ed Sheeran. Um, and, uh, <laughs> that's as far as I'm going because I've asked people to be nicer. Yeah, I mean, this is a great record, right? You know, sort of Keith Richards riffs, Soul Shaker, Gut Grinder, big old yeah. chunk of rock and roll, you you know, that really only Oasis could manage. Yeah, yeah. It kind of has that going, dung, 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 that but kind of That's right. motif to it. And it's, yeah. And then it's almost choral in its, when the vo- vocals come in, right? And uh, yeah, I like, yeah, I'd go with that too. It's a, yeah, it's a good song. It's a really good song. And then I moved on to uh, another B-side sitting here in silence on my own, which is the B-side to Let There Be Love. I have to say that I I had to invoke for the first time uh, the B word, and you know I don't like using the B word, Nick, um, because I don't like the the, the Beatles. Um, And when people tell me how great the Beatles are, I try in my head to imagine what the songs are that make them feel that way that I haven't heard, because I know (laughs) that that kind of rabid devotion has not been inspired by Yellow Submarine or <laughs> Yesterday or All You Need Is Love. And actually what comes into my head, if I was imagining a song that was going to inspire that kind of rabid devotion from people, I would actually hear sitting here in silence on my own. Yeah. And I think I think this is the best Beatles song that the Beatles never wrote because actually they weren't as good as Oasis. Okay. <laughs> Drop that one. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I'm sure you're not alone in thinking that. I, I wouldn't. Um, yeah, is it a Beatles-sounding song? I don't know. No, I yeah, don't think I it guess... sounds like the Beatles. But I no, think, but you think... It, it sounds like the kind of thing that I think the Beatles, Beatles should, have, should have been releasing ah, okay. to 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 inspire that level of devotion that goes along with them. So yeah, that that, that is going to make so many people so angry. Oh well, let them. Interesting debate. <laughs> Bring it on. 
<laughs> so what are your thoughts on the song itself? Are you, is, it, is it one you're familiar with? It must be, surely. Uh, yeah, I'm familiar with it. I don't know whether or not um, it would inspire any kind of beatless devotion in me. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's just say that I think it's a nice song. There you go. <laughs> That's, uh, let's, I'm being nice in the nice in spirit of niceness. Yeah. How how long do you think we can keep up the niceness? Maybe one more episode? Uh, yeah. Depends who you talk about. Well, that's true. That's true. If we, if we get back onto shampoo again, we might be in trouble. Oh, um, well, they're well, trouble again. There you go. <laughs> no. Always comes around to trouble with shampoo. <laughs> right. Here we go then. So I have cheated here, Nick, with my next choice. This is We're in 2008 now. Right. And I've cheated because this song, of course, is, is released as a single in its own right. And it's falling down. I've chosen the Chemical Brothers remix, which which ah, features as a nice. B-side to Shock yeah. of the Lightning. Um, and I really like it because it's a real... I mean, it's classic Chemical Brothers, right? The Chemical Brothers are like a sonic punch. And what, what I what I thought about as I was listening to this when I was writing the piece was... You remember that story that, that, that gets told in Supersonic? And maybe it's been told other places as well about Liam outside of the school gates. He's got no interest in music. Some kids from another school comes along with a hammer and caves his head in yeah and he wakes up you know the next day or whatever two days later and all of a sudden he's obsessed with music and i I think that actually falling down this chemical brothers remix and maybe the song itself actually is a similar kind of thing i can i can see it having that same kind of impact as a hammer blow but also the same kind of subsequent impact in terms of you know it would maybe change your attitude to some things and for me it helped to drag me away from the slightly beige world of just guitar music and, mm-hmm. and into the realm. I mean, I liked the Chemical Brothers at the time. I liked the Prodigy. But but hearing that blend of the two things, I was always a big fan of that. I, you know, I liked it with Screamadelica, which I know is a cliche, but, you know, that kind of dance guitar crossover thing, I, I, when it's done well like this, I think it's really impactful. Yeah. Absolutely, that that re- that remix is um, far better than the original, I would say. And I, I think, think so. There's a number of songs off uh, "Dig Out Your Soul" which got remixed, which the remix of them are a lot better than the ones on the album. I think there's one which um, Twiggy Ramirez did. I can't remember which one they did now. Here's the sound It reminds me of when we were young Looking back at all the things we've done <laughs> And have you, have you heard the, the monstrous psychedelic bubble version or whatever it is? The one which goes on for 20 minutes? No.
one which um, yeah the, uh, the um, androgynous amorphous uh, did a remix. It was because you know he was Noel was supposed to be making this album with them, and then it all went that's very right, bad, yeah, yeah, very badly wrong. They did a they did a twenty minute or so remix of Falling Down. I think it's called the Monstrous Psychedelic Bubble Mix or something like that, and it's find the song in there. I don't know. <laughs> it's it's in there somewhere, but um, Noel's voice is not in there. It's sung by a woman, and it's oh, it's it's worth checking out, but it's very weird. And uh, I can see how they didn't get on, and the album never got released because, yeah, as Noel said about that, he said he felt that he was making an album for them rather than the other way around. And right. uh, they took that remix and did pretty much the same thing with Falling Down, which I think, you know, I like the song on Dig Out Your Soul, but I think it's a bit thin. And I remember hearing Noel sing it live and it doesn't work. His, it, I, I don't know, maybe maybe now when his voice is a bit stronger, but on that last tour when 2009, when they're like on their way out and they're fighting and it's just toxic on stage he it just sounded so reedy and like he'd just given up on it and uh, so that was a bit of a shame because i think you know it's a it was a maybe a a real hint at where they could have gone afterwards which i think would have been really interesting to see what happened to oasis if they'd have done another album after that after dig out your soul i thought yeah okay they're, they're they're not just a one-trick pony they can do something a bit different let's see where it goes now and where it went was down the toilet so yeah all right so we're reaching the end here and there's two more tracks to go okay let's bang on first one is another album track from dig out your soul obviously and the last one is another uh, b-side so the album track that I've, I've picked is uh waiting for the the rapture For me, is a kind of bit of a pub rock, glam, stomp, blitzkrieg, bop of a song. You know, it's it's mm. Oasis by numbers, really. A kind of dot to dot version of what they were so good at. Um, but it doesn't make it any less thrilling. You know, it's uh, I, I, I wrote about it that it's a bit like a McDonald's, right? You go for a McDonald's, you eat it, and you go, mm, num 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 num. That was that was very delicious. And 15 minutes later, you wondering if you've had anything to eat and I, you know waiting for the rapture is a bit like that it is instantly gratifying because it, it makes you think of oasis and then it kind of fades away and you have to you have to get something else into your system but i think it's a really good song dumb 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 you know kind of yeah yeah ro- it's just rock and roll isn't it yeah absolutely it reminds me of uh something off was it don't believe the truth yeah no, he he ripped off um something on don't believe the truth which i can't put my finger on there which had that same kind of oh yeah wasn't it the one which sounds like the doors or was that yeah it has that kind of dum dum kind of kind of almost stooges like kind of yeah boom, boom start to it and then uh yeah i like it I, it's one of the, the the tracks off that album which i like there were a few which i don't but in, on the whole i think that's one of my f- favorite albums just for the sheer kind of diversity of it. And, and that song is one of them. 
So yeah, good choice. All right, so my my last choice were in 2009, Falling Down is the single, and this is a B-side from that, and it's those swollen hand blues. Blues, oh yeah, wow. And it's it's the only new composition in terms of B-sides for Falling Down. So I know it won't have been the last song they wrote, but it's the last original composition that, that yeah. you can hear in the Oasis catalogue. And it's a very kind of weird, cosmic, you know, druggy, dreamy kind of a song. away from where we were when we started this back in 1994. It's certainly a million miles away from what was going on, what's the story, Morning Glory, but I felt like it was worth including here in my list of favourite moments just because it's the full stop on the story. Yeah. I'm not entirely au fait with it, to be honest. I do know it, but I couldn't recall it right now. Yeah, I'll have to listen to it again. But yeah, I, listen, I am aware listen of to it again, Nick. I mean, it is, it is a good song. I didn't just pick it because it's the last song. I actually really like it. I mean, it is kind of slightly trippy, you know. Um, yeah. it, again, in my mind, it's got a kind of Beatles feel to it. That's three times I've mentioned them in this episode. Um, and... What happens now? The, the, you didn't do it while you were looking <laughs> into a mirror. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> John Lennon appears now behind you. Candy man. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, yeah. Go, go in and check it out. Well, look, Nick, that brings us to the end of this. And that, boys and girls, was the end of that. My Oasis top twenty. My thanks as ever to Nick, who you can find on the Twitter at Nick underscore Amy's. And do once again try and find that book of his. Where did it all go wrong? It's certainly available on Amazon. My thanks to you all for listening. And for following over on Twitter, where you can find me at Mildmannered Max. And you may also want to think about heading over to Patreon and pledging from just 77 pence a month. 77 pence a month for podcasts and fantastic new articles. Uh-huh. And for that, you'll receive a lovely Britpop Mix CD compiled, curated by yours truly with love and kindness and maybe a little sweet treat tucked into the envelope as well. Thanks again for listening and uh, bye!